Yo, what is good, everybody? Welcome back to Diamond Talk. Today, we are doing our first base rankings, the big boys. I'm here with Rob and Nick, man. How you guys doing? Yo, what's going on, guys? Ready to do another one of these rankings. First base, always an interesting one, always super loaded with superstars, so ready to dive in. Doing good, as always. This is going to be a fun one because there's a lot of surprises as far as I'm concerned. A lot of uh, who do you prefer rather than actual production, and hard to predict this one. Oh yeah, so so this one this one was a. Let, let's just let's just put it this way. I let my hate carry on with this one, right? Like those guys that should probably be ranked higher. That I personally was like, you know what, fuck that guy. But before we get started, what went into your rankings for for the first baseman? Yeah, so so for the first baseman, I think I think it's it's similarly just looking at their production over the last two seasons, seeing what they did. Um, this past year, I think first base is a position that's always going to be a lot more focused on, um, you know, power bats. So it's always going to be a position where you're where you're seeing your consistent 30, 90, 30, 100, um, you know, guys. Um, and then you you also want, you know, some some production on the OPS end. you want high. You, you prefer high OPS is high WRC plus, but you also want a little bit of defense. And I think that's where first base gets a little bit complicated because you really have to. Um, it's not like it's the toughest defensive position, but, you know, you also do have to account for some of the defensive value that comes at first. Yeah, for me, it's the same as usual with looking at the stats and seeing what they've done the past couple of years. Uh, but with first base this year in particular was more so what do I think they're going to do this year compared to what they have done? Uh, just, you know, rip it off the start with Olsen being probably in the top five. No spoiler alerts. He had a career year last year. Do I expect him to repeat that? So I looked at that a lot more this year than I have in years past because you have some other first basemen are kind of new to the area, new to the scene. So it was more so what do I think they're going to do this year compared to what I've seen them do in the past, except for guys who have been really, really consistent. They kind of held their ground. But for guys who are just recent, it was more so what do I think is going to happen in 2024? Yeah, man, look, for me, I I'll be honest with you, it's, it's strictly offensive. Right, like don't get me wrong. Like there's the, the guys that we have here. There's no one that really is outstandingly bad defensively, outside of and again, spoiler alert, Bryce Harper. Right, Bryce Harper, last year was the first shot at first base. Obviously, his defense was gonna be a little bit, you know, to be desired. But overall, I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it didn't um, change anything. And before before we get to our rankings, man, let's let's do a little bit of trivia, and. This this question actually is very good with this first with this first base episode. The question is name the most recent national leaguer to be awarded the All-Star Game MVP. Your options are A, Miguel Cabrera, B, Mike Piazza, C, Melky Cabrera, or D, Prince Fielder. <laughs> oh god, this this is like I know this one. Oh, I don't, okay. I don't even All remember. Right. I don't even. It's Melky Cabrera, remember, but th that's what I was gonna say. It's like it's like if you if you give us those answer choices and then you you name drop Melky Cabrera, it's like what? Why yeah. would Melky Cabrera even be a choice in this type of question? You know. No, um, here's here's the here's the reason I know this one, and not only because he was a giant when he did it, but his post game interview is an absolute staple in my making fun of people with my friends here in Salinas. It's I like to think depends. He's thinking kitchenware <laughs> instead of the people in the stadium. So it's a classic interview, but I'm going with Melky Cabrera. <laughs> Look, man, I'll both of you guys are right. <laughs> like, you, you guys are you both right. It. <laughs> it, it's the milkman, right? So batting second and playing center field in 2012 Midsummer Classic, which was the last year the National League actually won an All-Star That's gross. Game. That's gross. 
Cabrera singled and scored the first run in a five-run first inning. Uh, he then belted a two-run home run in the fourth. The National League prevailed 8-0 in the contest, which was played at Coffin Stadium in Kansas City. So, Melky Cabrera making making his way into Diamond Park. That, that is insane. Things, things that come up out here in, in this trivia world. But anyway, let, let, let's get back to, to his first baseman, right? And, you know, as always, we'll go, we'll go th- 10 through 6. Uh, our number 10, Josh Naylor for the Cleveland Guardians. At 9, Tristan Casas, newcomer, Boston Red Sox. 8 was Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which, by the way, Nick has said he's no longer Jr. He's removing him from his relation to his father. I don't know how you legally do that, but it, it's happening. Um, seven, Yandy Diaz, too high for me. And number six, P- Pete Alonzo re- rounds out the you know ten three six man. So, no, here we have it, man. What do you guys think of ten three six? Oh, it's it's a it's an interesting group. Um, I think you know, compared to to the position like the like the catchers, it, first base is always going to be a position where you definitely have a lot more guys. Um, even in your even in your six to through ten hole that are like filled with talent. I think when you look at the lower end, right, like we had difficulty filling in the nine through ten. So like every like one through eight, even in, in whatever position we had it, we knew what the eight names were gonna be. Um, I think when you look at the nine to ten specifically, obviously those are the two weakest spots, the names which are probably the most shaky that that probably drop off the list next year. Not because they necessarily have a bad year, but just because there's a lot more competition at the at the position as well. Um, Josh Naylor is probably one of the most underrated players, um, like at the position, um, for him to post, you know, over a 300 batting average, uh, 800, 800 something OPS, um, to get almost a hundred RBIs for the guardians, um, and the production that he constantly brings. Um, I don't think it gets highlighted enough at the position. I'm not saying the man is an all-star or anything like that, but you know, for, for a guy that's not an all-star, for him to, to, to know that you can have a guy in your lineup that's going to bat in 90, 100 runs, um, you know, in a season and not saying he's a 300 hitter, but a guy who can put the bat on the ball and, and consistently is, is having good at-bats for the Guardians, that's always something that you want to have. Tristan Casas is, a, is an interesting case to me because I think he's a really good player and I think he's going to be very solid for the Red Sox moving forward. But he also reminds me a little bit of like Bobby Dahlbeck where it's like we all he all had he had that season for the Red Sox at first base and then it's like oh Bobby Dalback might be like the future of the Red Sox here and then it was like a it was kind of like a drop off like you don't really hear about Bobby Dalback anymore even though I I know Tristan Costas is like the better prospect um so I do expect him to do more for the Red Sox and then here once you crack into the top 8 I think that's where the conversation gets the most interesting because number 8 Vladdy probably you know you look at Josh Naylor the most underrated player at the position Vladdy's probably the most overrated player at the position if we're if we're being honest like it, it's almost like we're having a full teeth here to to hold Vladdy onto the these lists because his stats are not like doing anything his stats are not helping him move up the list last year he was number three at, at first base and that was I feel that was us also like with the expectation of what he would do in 2023 and that didn't come to fruition and obviously you see him here with a five spot drop um, which I think is appropriate. I I think I think if you tell me that he's the seventh, eighth best first baseman in the sport, like yeah, that's appropriate. He's no longer in the top three conversation. He's no longer in the top five conversation. I'm not saying he can't get to that point again, but if anyone tells you that he's top five at the position, it's just off of a off of a. I think that's what his talent is. It's not off of a oh this is what he's produced because he just hasn't. It's not it's not fact that he's produced as a top five um, first baseman. Then you have Yandi 
who is the reigning batting champion. Um, again, well, well deserved, um, for a guy who's pretty much been, you know, uh, I don't want to say necessarily a role player because he has been like a starting uh, MLB level player for the Tampa Bay Rays the last couple seasons, but now getting that full shot at first base, obviously a career year for him. Do I expect him to go out there and, and hit 330 and a 900 plus OPS again? Probably not. But for what this year is like, it's it's great to have him on the list. And then rounding out the, the bottom five here, I mean, Pete Alonso, it was is probably one of the most interesting first basemen to me because I've always talked about Pete Alonso's value. I don't know what Pete Alonso's value He's a he's a 40 plus 50 plus home run 100 plus obviously RBI type of bat. He could also hit a buck 90. Like so I don't know I don't know what my value would be as in like here's a contract for you Pete. Like yes, you could be the face of this franchise and everything like that. You're also not like a a, a all around great baseball player. Like that's just what it is. He's just he he fits the mold of like that prototypical first baseman of like yes, I'm going to hit 40 bombs and 120 RBIs, but I'm also going to have one of the lowest batting averages in the league. Um, and and I don't know. I don't know if that's pretty, if that's going to stand with how the rest of the group is looking. And, and I think we're seeing our signs here, right? Because obviously 2024, we have Pete Alonso at number six. And so we're saying there's five guys that are better than him heading into this season. And I think if you ask a lot of people before the season, they probably wouldn't pick five guys like off the top of their head at first base over Pete Alonso. But I think year in and year out, even though he's putting up the number, the, the, basic you know the standard stats that he puts up i think once you dig a little deeper into his advanced stats and everything like that it becomes a lot more harder of a player to judge yeah for me the the six or ten is really interesting i did have all these guys pretty much in this order except for i had rizzo at my seven uh so for all the people out there who are talking yankee homers i'm the only one who had rizzo in my top 10 so y'all can suck it because i'm not the yankees fan on this podcast so uh there is true baseball iq going on here but uh, for me, I agree with the order um, as far as Alonzo, Yandi, Guerrero, Casas, and Naylor. I had Casas a little bit later in my rankings only because his life, his his career was too short last year as far as what he showed me. I want to see a little bit more. The rest of this list has done it every chance they get and has done it for longer. Um, Casas had full playing time. I believe he had an injury last year, so he can move up this list very, very quickly. But for me, the big one uh, is Josh Naylor. I had him in my top 10. I think this dude putting on any other roster would get it done at an even higher clip uh, to have 97 RBIs and like 420 plate appearances is absolutely ridiculous. Um, he started hitting lefties last year a lot better than in years previous. He's also the third best defensive first baseman in this group. So he does give you an all around game and it's a classic throwback to some, you know, when I was growing up, everyone made fun of baseball players for being out of shape. This dude is not the gym rat. Like this is not the guy you're going to ask for workout tips from. But yet he can go out there and bang out 100 RBIs and play decent, you know, defense. And his attitude on the field is amazing. He's always hyped. He's you. I don't see you ever playing next to this guy and not be excited to go play. I don't give a shit what's going on. You might have a triple header in the rain and he's still going to be super excited to go out there and play baseball, which is infectious. And when you have him on a young team like the Guardians, you know, he probably gives them more wins than the record shows. So I'm really excited to see what he can do, hopefully with a full year. Then as you go up the list, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., just for reference, so people don't talk about we're hating or anything, he had one war last year. He was right around Anthony Rizzo, who had 240, 260 less plate appearances, Drake Cronenworth, DJ LeMayhew, Alec Bohm, all above him. Like, Vlad fell off the map, and he's supposed to have some sort of sequel, and who knows if that's coming. Uh, he's a good example why I hype up Bryce Harper so much because you have a guy coming in with so much attention and so much what he needs to do 
it's difficult to live up to that. And Vlad's showing us how hard it is to live up to that. I mean, he is, he was the golden boy. Everybody thought he was going to be the number one player in baseball through the minors, his exit velocity, the way he could take the ball to all fields with power, the way he swung just like his dad, all of the stuff. And it just goes to show you how hard this game is, especially if you're being propped up like that. Uh, as far as Yanni Diaz, look, he finally got a full year of playing time. And he is a good contact hitter who is jacked out of his mind. So you should expect home runs. But he's just a good contact hitter. He puts the bat on the ball often. And the fact that Tampa finally gave him a full year of playing just shows how good he can be. I don't see him falling off from what he did last year too much, particularly in the batting average. He's not a power guy, so he may not have as many home runs. And the lineup looks a little bit weaker this year, so maybe less runs and RBIs. But the average, I think he's going to be a guy that contends for the batting title each and every year. That's just the type of hitter that he is. And then Pete Alonso, I mean, Rob said it perfectly. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get 41-20. You just don't know what everything else is going to come along the way. And for me, it seems in watching him and watching the Mets, there's something going on behind the scenes that he's just not happy to play. Even in the home run derby last year, he looked different than the years before just not as excited. So I don't know if maybe he's a guy that really needs to feel the love from the team and he's not feeling it because he's seen all these other contracts and all these other conversations around the other guys on the team. And he's like, yo, I've been here since day one. Like I'm born and bred. What are we doing here? How am I the guy that's being left off out of this, out of all this big money? So I don't know if he needs to change the scenery, if he just needs a contract, but it just seems like something's there. Alonzo is the one that I could see falling off this list next year because his batting average so bad last year that if he does that again, he may be out of the top 10 going into 2025. And at the same time, if he puts it all together, he could be our top three. Like he is that type of player. The The range of what he can do is so wide. It's tough to predict what he's going to do. But I would put him above the, the rest of them because if you're talking about who would I want on my team as a first baseman, he is my number six guy. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's interesting at the first base position. Um. Pete Alonso, he's going to be the story of the summer, in my opinion. There, we, we have no idea what direction the Mets are going. And if you talk to Mets fans, right, I think they're torn about it too, right, where a lot of them are like, hey, look, this guy's our, one of our mainstays. He should be retired as a Met. And then I have other, like, I, I have, you know, I'm, I'm from the East Coast, right? I have friends who are Met fans for some reason. Um, I don't know how we ended up hanging out, but shit happened, right? Um, some of them are like, look, we love we love Pete Alonso, but Pete Alonso is probably going to be a pretty big investment financially. And do we want to give that to a first baseman who, look, if, if he doesn't project well, to be honest with you, right? Like Rob said it, he's, he's a guy who you can easily see hitting below the Mendoza line. And he's been close in his career, right? It's not like, it's not like this is something that we're just being like um, super negative about. That's the truth with Pete Alonso, right? He's got great pop, but one of the questions he's always had was how consistent can he make contact and how, that, how that's going to play throughout his career. Um, that being said, you know, he's, he's been one of the better first basemen in, in, the, in MLB the last, I would say, half a decade, right? Where when you really think about it, he's been uh, an all-star, right? We've seen him at the Home Run Derby. He, he really does represent the Mets pretty well, right? Where I think most Mets players you, you can make jokes about. Pete Alonso is one of those guys where you can actually kind of respect that, right? I think him and Lindor are really the guys that are, are the mainstays there. For me, the biggest thing on this first baseman list was Tristan Cassis. So I, I'm a Yankee fan, right? So it's, it's hard to give love to, to Red Sox players. I almost had Cassis in my top five. Like, so, so for, for, reference, for reference, 
in my, my personal list, Tristan Costas is number six. Christian Walker is number five. There was real thought of me putting Tristan Costas in the top five, right? And, and even looking at this list as it is now, right? We have Vladimir Guru Jr., Yandi, Pete Alonso. It, it's hard for me to say this because I love Laddie Jr. As of right now, I think Costas is a better first baseman. I, I think the Blue Jays would be in a better position with Tristan Costas on their team than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, the best way I could explain it is he's more advanced at the plate than people give him credit for, right? I think one of the one of the craziest highlights we've seen on a baseball field is someone getting a ball four and just yelling at the top of his lungs like he just hit a home run. I don't know if you guys seen that video where it's like a full count, it's like a long at bat, it's like ball four and this dude just yells like ah and it's like who the fuck does that on a walk like what are we doing here go to first base you fucking psycho but you know it's that kind of stuff like he's, he's that kind of player but you no know, the, tr- the truth is look he, he put up great numbers last year um and one of the things when he was coming out was he does have that advanced plate discipline right which ironically is the plate discipline we thought vladdy was coming out with you know that, that was one of, those, one of the things that we thought vladimir Guerrero jr was gonna have say hey look this guy's advanced at the plate he, he, he makes hard contact, and he can hit the ball anywhere. And what we've seen with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is, like, the power's just not there, right? He's not a guy we're anticipating 50 home runs from. Let's be honest. I think we're lucky if we get 30 home runs from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Tristan Casas, like, I think his average might be lower, but he's a guy who has 30 home run potential. Actually, I, I think he might have hit 30 last year, now, now that I think about it. Um, let me just quick check that, see that. Actually, I think it was, like, 24. But, yeah, yeah, it was, like, right under. Yeah, so either way, man, I, I just like the where, where he's heading, right? Uh, Josh Naylor, I'm not surprised if he's not here next year, right? Like, he he had a good year as far as um getting it done when those guys on base. That's really important for a Guardian team that, let's be honest, they're, they're offensively challenged. Uh, when, when it comes to uh, the last guy, Yandy, look, I'm a, I'm a Yandy hater, but let's be honest, right? I don't love, I don't love the Rays. They're not a team that I'm ever going to uh, push up. But the, here's the truth. I'll, I'll say this. The Rays had a a first half, second half difference, which was as different as it could be in the MLB, right? Where they won what it felt like every game the first half, and, they fe- and it felt like they lost every game the second half. The one constant offensively for them was Yandy Diaz, right? So when we get to the outfield episode, if Randy Rays or Rosarena somehow finds his way into the top 20, which I'm going to fight tooth and nail to make sure he doesn't, but if he somehow finds his way into the top 20, one of the things I'll talk about is how different his first half was to his second half. I can't talk about that with Yandy Diaz. Yandy Diaz had an incredible second half. The only thing different for Yandy's like splits were home and away, which if that's one of the things too, where with Tampa Bay, you're, you're going to see a lot of the guys who absolutely crushed it at, at the trop and then were ass on the road. You know, Yandy had that same thing, right? He, he wasn't as good on the road, but he was, but he was still very good, right? Yandy Diaz isn't a bad player. I just look, there's just a lot of guys I take in front of him. For my personal preference, um, but he had a great season last year. Um, deservingly was in, in the All Star game. I think he got some MVP votes as well last year, which was awesome. He he, he did it up right. There's, there's no reason to hate on Yandy. He did everything you'd want from a first baseman, even even without the pop. Right. I think actually I remember this conversation in we had this conversation like in June, where Yandy had like 16 home runs by the time it was like June 15, and we were like, yo, this guy this guy's on pace for like fucking 50 home runs. And I think it was Rob who walked me off the cliff where he's like, yeah, but do we expect him to hit 30? And he ended up not 
you know, hitting that many home runs. So the power pulled off. But everything else was still good, right? He was still hitting extra base hits. He was still getting on base a lot. He was still going crazy. So, you know, he figured it out is, is what I'm trying to say. Some, some notables that didn't make our list, right? So you heard Nick mention Anthony Rizzo. That's a tough situation, right? He he missed a lot of the year after having concussion-like syndromes. Who he by the way, he he apparently played concussed for like a good month, which is ridiculous, right? Just to just put that into perspective, um, he's basically out the rest of the year. Once they're like, oh yeah, look at that, you can't walk straight. Um, Spencer Steer, he was a rookie last year for the Reds. His question marks came in. We don't necessarily know if he's gonna stick at first base, um, and also as good as he was. He, he was a borderline guy for us, right? Like, we have some pretty good names here. Uh, Nathaniel Lowe, he was on our list last year. Didn't make it in this year. And I don't know about you guys, but I thought this was just a very competitive list as far as what the guys did last year coming into this year. Um, Vinny Pasquantino, he's a guy that was kind of another border guy. He missed a lot of time last year. Uh, and one guy who I don't think any of us mentioned, but it was also because he's coming off an ACL injury, and he just doesn't have a team yet. You know, Riz Hoskins. Riz Hoskins is a guy that, you know, you could potentially talk about here. Obviously, didn't play last year because, because of, you know, that, that injury. But he's someone that, you know, I, I think if he did play last year, he'd probably have an argument to be somewhere after Vladimir Guerrero Jr., so maybe in the ninth or tenth spot. Um, before we move on to our top five, um, anything, anything you guys want to add to the back end of this list? No, I, I, think, I think looking at the, at the names that missed, um, like the one that stands out for me is Nathaniel Lowe. I had him at number 10. Um, I think that he had a, I think, lower year production-wise than the year before for sure, but it's still a solid season. And he ended up winning the Gold Glove in the American League at first base um, and ended the year with a World Series title, right? Like he wasn't necessarily the driving force on that Texas Rangers lineup um, during that World Series, but it's a solid, it's a solid year to have. Um, so I had him personally at my number 10. I think looking at the competition at first base, depending on how some of these guys, you know, end up doing. Nathaniel Lowell is another, is a guy that I could see sneaking back in there next season. For me, it was just the Reese Hoskins, like to miss the whole year, but to not have a team coming back. That's, that's the tough part because he's on that borderline of back end top 10. And it really is going to bear team context. You know, obviously he's not going to go to the Royals because Pasquantino's there. But if he were to go to a team like the Royals, there's no way he's in my top 10, maybe not even top 15. But, and I, again, not going to go there, but if you throw him into the Braves, he might be top five. Like, he has the ability to kind of he, – he can't change the game on his own, but if he's in a good enough lineup, he could be a very integral part. And then Pascantino, same thing, coming back from injury. Um, I think he's – I actually think he's going to do a lot better this year than Hoskins. I trust his bat a lot more. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting with the guys coming off injuries where they're going to place next year. I think first base is the biggest position as far as injuries that are affecting the list. Yeah, and just to kind of give context to the list, there's guys that, the guys who are out of the list, right? So three of the guys you mentioned, Anthony Rizzo, Nathaniel Lowe, and Riz Hoskins. Last year, there were eight, nine, and ten, right? Rizzo came in at eight, Nate Lowe came in at nine, Riz Hoskins came in at ten. So for me, it's not so surprising that they're not in it this year, right? Especially thinking of the young guys that we that we did add to the list, right? So, you know, Tristan Casas, young dude, up and coming. Uh, Josh Naylor, he's on the younger end of things. I think he's like 25 years old. Um, you know, and Yandy Diaz was the other guy who um, who came into us this year. Who, let's be honest, he, he really wasn't what we thought was going to be an impact player at first base. Uh, but kind of just, look, it just shows we're, we're kind of on this thing. And then the last player who 
didn't make it the list this year that wasn't on it last year, uh, Jose Abreu, uh, who went to the Astros. We had him as high as as number six last year. But he had a pretty god-awful year where, you know, looking at this year's numbers, his OPS, which is traditionally, in, in his career, his OPS is 842. Last year, it was all the way down to 679. Right, slugging lowest ever been his career on base, lowest has ever been his career. Average, which this guy is a guy who puts you know bat on ball, good contact. He was at two thirty seven. Like those are those are Pete Alonso numbers, right? Difference is Pete Alonso does it with like forty seven home runs, but Jose Abreu completely fell off the map. Which I'm not gonna say I, I don't know if surprised you're not right. He's also old as shit, right? He came to the MLB when he was when he, when he was pretty old. Is like technically his second career, right? Um. But just some of the guys that we didn't, we're not going to talk about this year because, you know, they just didn't get it done. But let, let's move on to our top five. Right? Our top five is obviously the exciting stuff. At number five, Christian Walker. Big season for the Diamondbacks. Big part of why they went to the World Series this year. Number four, Paul Goldschmidt. We were giving, we were giving uh, Rob shit because he, when he sent us the list originally, he wasn't on there. So we thought Rob was being a hater. But shit happens. It was, it was a typo. He, he just, Bro, he sucks. Paul Goldschmidt. He sucks. Just, just like, like Goldschmidt sucks. <laughs> at, at number three, Matt Olson had a ridiculous year. Um, I, I know we're not in an era where we care about counting stats, but his counting stats last year were ridiculous. It was just, it was beautiful, right? Someone in the 50s would wake up with like half chub if they saw his like baseball reference page. Um, number two, Bryce Harper, first year at first base. Usually we rank him as an outfielder. Phillies have come out and said, yeah, no, he's our first base for the future. You know, Brad Cashman is somewhere punching dirt saying, God damn it, I didn't think he could play first base. Um, so we can't sign him. That's going to hurt me and Rob more than you think. And then our, our first, our, our, our number one, Freddie Freeman, which shouldn't even be a question at this point, right? Um, we've talked about it in the past, the years that we didn't have Freddie Freeman at first. We said, hey, he probably should be first. And the guys we've had in front of him in the past, last year was Paul Goldschmidt at number one. I think the year before that was Vladimir Guerrero at number one. Freddie Freeman never came in under two at any, any of those years. This year, he rightfully takes a spot at number one. He's also on the Avengers. But what did you guys think about, um, what's it called? What are your thoughts on five through one? Uh, I mean, it's it's probably, it's a group that you want to look at. Um, I think I think when you start with Christian Walker, Christian Walker is probably like, he's probably like that Austin Riley type from like a couple years ago, where I'm not going to say that he is, an elite first baseman, a top two, top three first baseman, but he's like the he's like the doorman of like the top five right now, where he's like I've put in my my two seasons of this really high quality baseball, like to to substantiate that I do belong in this group. So he's kind of right there at the top five, and and he's been a big piece of that. Why the Diamondbacks have been able to do a lot better, right? Like it's almost like he's um. I don't want to say that they're as well run right but when you look at some of the pieces that they have it's almost like a mini like a mini grave situation or something like that where you know that like you know that the future of the diamondbacks is built around corbin carroll more than likely you know some of the future uh guys that are in the minors like jordan lawler and drew jones who will be coming up you know at, at later times but you're also getting a lot of like high quality contributions from like some of the other guys that are on the team your Cattell martes and your christian walkers um, and your Gabriel Moreno's right like you have you have a lot of talent at a lot of different positions and, and being able to look over at, at 
first base and say, hey, I have a guy here who's fighting to be top five at the position. It's definitely a comfortable spot to be in every single year. And that's what Christian Walker is able to give the Diamondbacks. Um, in terms of Goldschmidt, he sucks. Like, plain and simple, I said it, he sucks. Um, I'll, I'll still say he's number four, but like, no, like seriously, he, he took a drop from his MVP season. Um, it was like, there's, there's no way around it. it. It was, even though it wasn't a bad season, it was the worst statistical season of Paul Goldschmidt's career. Like that, that's just plain, simple facts. Like all the numbers point to it being his worst career season. So for that, you have to drop some spots, um, down the list. Um, I expect him to be a, a quality, a, a quality player, but I, I think again, it gets to a point where when you come off an MVP season and then you have the drop that you do, I think everyone will start to question like, well, how close are you going to get back to that production? Right. I don't know. Like, and even then it's not like it's a, it's not like it's a, a dark cloud on his career or anything like that for it to be the worst statistical season of your career. And for you to still be ranked a top four first baseman that speaks a lot, you know, to your talent. So for, for Goldschmidt, I, I'm, I'm comfortable having him at four. Um, I think, uh, I think a little bit of, of his veteranness plays a part in that as well. Um, the top three is a, a, a more than solid top three. Um, personally, like you guys said, like I had Olsen number two, um, above Bryce Harper, um, at the position, just because I, I think, you know, the benefits that, that Olsen brings at the position, I think are, are when it gets to a point where you're comparing two star players, that's when I start to look at, you know, like, okay, like who do I want here more like defensively, right? Like who brings, who brings more defensive value? Like how, how different is the offense really between these two guys? And I think if you ask me, yeah, like if, if I'm looking for more consistent offense, I'm going to, I'm, I'm more than likely going to go with Bryce Harper um, on the defensive end. I'm for sure going to go with Matt Olson. Um, and then Matt Olson on, in his own right, again, has just had a season that was just so, um, fantastic in terms of what he did it was just it's it's it hasn't been I, I don't remember his his advanced stats um fully like his ops numbers and stuff but i mean it's it's like you have i said it before you have to look at like guy compared to guys like bryce harper and like your former mvp winners the fact that matt olsen put up the season that he did and he finished fourth in mvp voting is ridiculous that just that just points to how good the mvp voting was this season i, I just want to cut in just to talk about how crazy his stats are, right? So I'm just going to list off his stats just so we can kind of get the sense of where that was, right? So last year, man, 54 home runs. That's a lot. We don't, we don't talk about that with a lot of guys. 54 fucking home runs. By the way, he didn't just bop them, right? He had His average was 283, which I know we don't care about average. That's still fucking huge for a guy who's hitting 54 home runs. I don't, I don't care if we don't care about average. Because... To put that in perspective, he also did that in 720 plate appearances. That, that's a lot of plate appearances to have a 283 average. Um, slugging was 604. You know how stupid that is? That's fucking stupid. That's dumb. Um, and his OPS number was was 993. Which, by the way, when we talk about OPS, it's almost a thousand. Like Rob mentioned, we talk about Bryce Harper. He's done. A, he's had a thousand OPS. We talk about Juan Soto, who is the golden child of New York. Right now, Aaron Judge is holding him above his head like Simba, right? We talk about guys like Miguel Cabrera. Those are the guys that are at a, a thousand OPS traditionally. So, the year that Matt Olson had last year, like, you know, we want to represent that now because we're gonna go forward. But I'm just saying it's it, it was obvious. It was it was a ridiculous year, and to, to the fact that he had someone on his team that maybe did better in Acuna Junior, the MVP winner, is is insane. Um, but my bad, Rob. I didn't mean to cut you off. So no, I no, no, you're good. No, those numbers perspective. 
those number those numbers are, are definitely important to to call out because again <clears throat> it just speaks to the to the overall competition in the league. I think like I asked this before. I was like, yo, if if we're gonna put Bryce Harper at first base, like we're gonna have to have a very difficult conversation because again, I don't think the conversation is the conversation look, I'm beyond the conversation is definitely not who's a better first baseman. Because if the conversation was who's a better first baseman, it's Matt Olson yeah. over Bryce Harper every single day of the week. Like that that's not the and then that's where it gets a little bit tough. Like because at this point it's just like it, you have to look at the player talent, right? I just think Bryce Harper is too much of a superstar talent for like for where well, I get it. I put Olsen at two. I put Harper at three because I, because of, that's just how I preferred it. But Harper is just one of those guys where you're just like you really have to take a step back and be like, crap. Like it's I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do here. Like yeah, I'll, I'll take Harper at two. What I will say is that for whatever contest we want to have between Bryce Harper and Matt Olsen, the number one position is not up for debate. It is the best first baseman in the game of baseball. It's it's probably the guy who, who like you pointed out, Daniel, who rightfully has been the first, the number one first baseman in baseball. If you actually look at the last couple of seasons, the body of work, like the guy who has been the most consistent, who you have not had to take a step back and been like, damn, like he's he's had a down year. Or anything, if anything, his his roller coaster still is still going up, right? Like the the, the down part is going to come eventually, but his roller coaster still coming up, finishing top three in, in NL MVP and Freddie Freeman. Um, Freddie Freeman is absolutely one of the best first basemen we've ever seen play the game of baseball. That's just that that that's something that we have to start to appreciate too. I know that when he retires, right, he not he might not have the most attractive like counting stats, right? Like in terms of like, oh, your first baseman with 500 side home runs, 600 side home runs. Like Freddie Freeman, just as an overall bat, is probably one of the one of the best players that the game of baseball has has ever seen in in recent times, and and that's something excited to not only for this season, but to look forward to for years to come. Yeah, for me, first base was, I mean, I have the same top five in pretty much the same order. I just flip-flop four and five with Goldie and Walker. And this is the most clear-cut. There's a number one, and then there's a two, three, and then there's a three, four, and then there's a six through ten, or sorry, a four, five, and there's a six through ten. Uh, Freeman is just the class of first base. He has been for a while, and we just, somebody's always had one year that flashed much bigger than his. And his consistency of being so good with average power, even steals and defense, like he's he is the Captain America of the Avengers of the Dodgers. Like everything about him is is the leader, and he's the number one first baseman. It's not even close. Going five through four, I had Walker at four, um, and this is where for me it came into the idea of what are they going to do this year? So I was right there between Goldschmidt and Walker. I discounted Goldie's year last year because the entire St. Louis Cardinals offense just decided to all suck at the same time for all year. So for me, it was, is, was that Goldie? Is that what he's going to be? Or is that what he, is that, was that just a fluke? And so for me, I had Goldschmidt at five over the rest of the, you know, six through 10. That's pretty clear. But for one, for me, Walker, he's the best defensive first baseman. And it's kind of not close, actually, at this point. He is just that much better than everybody else defensively. And he's a guy that you can count in for 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, even before the team had a lot of offense. Like, he was just that guy. Decent average, doesn't really strike out too much. But he's an all-around all first baseman. He might be the best if you include defense. But his offense just isn't on the level of these other guys with Olsen, Harper, and Freeman. And for me, the difference between Olsen and Harper, I had Harper at two. The major reason is he actually graded out better defensively than Olsen last year. And if you watch Harper play first base, he's actually really good. Like, he is a good first baseman, but he's awkward doing it. He's not smooth. And that's where I think 
if you watch the games, he's not as smooth as Olsen. He's not as smooth as Freeman. He's still kind of getting the understanding of the position, but he makes all the plays and he picks a lot of baseballs and he is a good first baseman. He just does it very awkwardly. Freddie Freeman, like, like you mentioned, he's been super consistent. He won his, he won his only MVP in 2020, which we all know as a pandemic season, he was doing it. He did it for the Braves and, you know, sometimes a guy like that who's been good for years wins an MVP, and it's like, oh, hey, cool. I, I reached top of the mountain. See ya, guys. <laughs> Freddie Freeman has gotten better every season since, right? Like, his career trajectory, right now he's 33, I believe, has just kept going up, right? He's not, he doesn't look like he's slowing down. There's nothing that you see that you're like, oh, this can't last for the next, at the very least, three years, right? Um, My favorite name on here, though, is, is definitely Bryce Harper. Uh, I think Bryce Harper is following the career trajectory that we see with all of the like all-time greats, where it's this guy's athletic enough to play in the outfield. He actually started off as a catcher, but he, you know they, he was that was so good. We're like, hey, we have to put him in the outfield. Figured it out there. Now he's at the point in his career where he's playing first base. He's gonna finish his career at first base, which is what we see with guys like Lou Gehrig, which is what we see with like you know. Your, your, your best kind of hitters throughout, throughout like the history of the game. So I, I love the fact that he's going to play first game. I think that's going to like stretch his career out at least one more season, potentially two more seasons, right? Like playing the outfield is rough, bro. Like no, nobody, nobody gets that, right? Like it, it's very hard. That's why for me, I personally don't want Aaron Judge to play center field ever again, even though that's kind of the conversation right now. Like, bro, move, move into first base. If, you're, if, you're, if your stick is that good, Go play first base. Save your body a little bit, right? Um, you know what I mean? So, for, for me, Bryce Harper, he's athletic enough to play first base. Um, you know, he'll figure some of those, like, little intricate parts of baseball out, right? Because I think that's the biggest difference, right? Is like, the little the, like the little details that first baseman, uh, you know, do. Those those things are what sets some of them apart. But I think he's athletic enough to figure, figure the position out. Um, look, Goldschmidt's another year, year older. Again, Last year, the NL Central was absolutely nuts, right? We had the Reds in, in there until last week, pretty much. Again, I know how bad the Cardinals were last year. I, I still have them as a favorite in the NL Central. As of right now, like, like, off the top of my head right now, I'd probably still have them as like one of the top two teams that I, I have winning that division. Um, and part of that is Paul Goschman. I, I don't know if he bounces back to an MVP level like he's been in the past. But even last year's numbers, if you, if you match the same numbers as last year, I, I can't be mad at that, right? That still puts him above the guys that we have behind him. Um, you know I mean, Christian Walker, a big, big part of that, that uh, what's it called? The Diamondback team that was great last year. Dude, that dude's just a, he's just a gamer, man. So he was, um, like, his, his backstory, he played at uh, South Carolina, right? He was, he was a Gamecock or whatever. And... Bro, all he did there was produce, right? Got him, got him to the national championship, um, a couple of times while he was there. Comes to the MLB and he was he was rough. He was rough around the ages when he first started, um, in the MLB. But dude, he's figured it out. He he doesn't oh he doesn't well he's not gonna he's not gonna put up pretty Freeman numbers, right? He's not that kind of hitter. But he's gotten better at some aspect of his game every year. Started with the power, right? He can't he became a thirty home run power guy, um. Last year, his average came up, right? He started putting the ball in play more. He started, you know, having more hard hits, right? It wasn't just launching the ball over the fence. Uh, you know, I'm again, he's, he's a little bit older, so I'm not going to say, oh, his trajectory, like, he's, he, he should be good, 
right? He's he's gonna he should have a couple of good more seasons. Um, what I love about this list though is we have two no doubt Hall of Famers. I think Freddie Freeman's a no doubt Hall of Famer. Bryce Harper, no doubt Hall of Famer. I think both those guys, if they retired today, we're talking about them in Hall of Fame, potentially first ballot. Paul Goldschmidt, when he retires, he's going to be in the conversation for for realistically being in the Hall of Fame, right? Um, and I think that's fucking awesome, right, at the first base position. How often do we get to say that? Um, you know, usually it's, it's transitionary year to year. First base, you know, Freddie Freeman owns it. There's not really much else to say there. Um, you know, I, I, one of the things that I think hurt Matt Olson this year when it comes to like MVP voting was the amount of opportunities he got, right? Like, there's not many guys or, or many teams who have guys that have 700 plus plate appearances. The Braves are just that good offensively, right? Anytime that you're going to hit that much, I and mean, he's not a leadoff hitter either, right? Like, it, it, it's insane. Um, so that leads to 54 home runs. Obviously, that, that, that definitely helps. Uh, I don't know if he can repeat it. I, I hope he can because that would be awesome to watch. It reminded me, like his last year reminded me of Ryan Howard. The year Ryan Howard won the MVP uh, for the Phillies, right? They had that ridiculous team with Chase Utley and Jason Wirth and, and Ruiz and all these guys, Shane Victorino. And Ryan Howard just said, you know what, fuck it. I'll put up 50-something home runs and a billion RBIs. That's what it, last year felt like for, for me for Matt Olson. Uh, but, yeah, man, so, so look, I'm, I'm happy with this list. I'm, I am not mad at it. Uh, one one guy that I want to mention that we didn't talk about at all is uh, Ryan Mountcastle. He was someone that was potentially going to be part of, of our list. We didn't talk about him with the other guys, but you know we didn't forget about Ryan Man- Mountcastle. He just didn't make it into our list. Uh, but yeah, guys, before we get out of here, dude, anything you guys have to say about the first base position? Oh, it's a it's a good list, man. It, it's a really good list in terms of the names that we have here every year. Um, one thing that I do want to say about the list, I I think it first base more more. Um, then all the other positions is a list where uh, it could feel a little tiring when we're doing the rankings just because a lot of the names are going to remain the same. And I think that just goes overall to the sport of baseball, right? Like there's not like, there's never a year where we're like, yo, are you guys super hyped about that over like first base prospect that's about to come up that like, you don't have first base prospects like coming out like that, you know, from it's always like shortstops, catchers, starting pitchers and things like that. It's more like catchers or outfielders that MLB teams end up developing into like first baseman, right? And moving over to the position. And then on top of that as well, we also just have to like call out some of the younger names who just like have not done it, right? We spent years talking about Spencer Torkelson, hasn't done crap. We spent years talking about Andrew Vaughn, hasn't done anything to really push himself up the list. Even guys who like last year, right? If you remember coming off the WBC People were so hyped about Joey Manessis, like, oh my God, first baseman for the Washington Nationals, like he's about to go crazy, like super down year compared to like what people were uh, were expecting from him as well. So there's a lot of names who have been um, hyped up, who've been given the opportunity to climb up with these rankings, and they just have not put it together. And I think that's for, that's why first base is so interesting because you have so many names locked in, but at the same time, those one or two spots that are open could pretty much go to anyone. Yeah, for me, it was interesting because this is the first list that I can think of where I'm like, wow, first base is pretty weak. Like, you have your top guys, and then after that, like, you're not talking all MLB players here after number after number three with Olsen. And he might not even be in the top 50 all MLB. But, I mean, once you get past that, you might even have top 100 guys. So, first base is surprisingly weak. Yeah, we got three Hall of Famers, potentially, that we're watching, two for sure. But at the same time, at once you get past those that top heaviness of this list, 
it gets pretty weak, which was surprising because first base just to be it used to be the position for offense, and that used to be the position you were excited to talk about for for decades, really. Um, you know, with obviously with Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols kind of leading the way, you don't really have that anymore. So unless Harper can really smooth it out over there and become a in everybody's eyes a first baseman instead of an outfielder transitioning to first base. If he changes the the narrative around him and the mindset that he is a true first baseman, then it's going to be fun to watch Freddie Freeman Harper for the next few years over there with Olsen chipping in every so often. But after that, it's it's kind of a toss up. Anybody can kind of take their claim in the top five. Man, like I know that um, what's it called? There's there's this quote in in Moneyball, right? When they're talking to uh, Rod Washington, that's like, oh, how hard is it to learn first base? And he's like, it's extremely hard. I completely disagree. Honestly, like when it comes to relatively relative to the rest of the feet, the, the positions in the MLB, first base is probably the easiest one to learn, right? I, nah. I think you put. What do you think is easier than first base? Easiest position on the field is third base. It's the most. It, it's the scariest, but it's the easiest. Stop the ball and throw it to first. That's it. <laughs> I think. I think though. I think the 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 skill level you need to be relevant at third base is different than the skill level you need to be relevant at first base. If different, yes. But, man, I'll tell you this. To watch some of those first basemen, watch where they fucking start on some of those plays. They're sprinting 10 yards, you know, 15 yards every single play to get to that ball so they can cover the hole. And, I mean, they're getting 100-mile-an-hour throws over there. It's not that easy. I don't know. I'm I'm, going to agree to disagree. Um but my my point is this, right? I think first base is one of those positions where your great players, your great bats that you want to preserve for a long time, you just have to move them there, right? Like, I I think that's the best way to extend careers. Like Miguel Cabrera, right? Albert Pujols, those guys didn't start at first base. Those guys were left fielder, third base, right? Um, guys who eventually made their way over to first because they were so offensively gifted. You know, so when I look at, like, the future of first base, I don't know if this happens or not, but, like, I'm not surprised if three years from now we're talking about Aaron Judge as one of the, the top, you know, 10 first basemen in the league, right? I'm not surprised if we're talking about, like, you know, trying try to think about the league, like, great outfielders. um, Not first base, but we saw this with Mookie Betts, right? Mookie Betts is transitioning to second base, right? Like, you know, it's I think first base is just that place where, if you have a guy who's a great, who has a great bat, move him there. Say, say, you know, preserve that right. If, if Vinny Pasquantino wasn't on the Royals and he wasn't a young guy on the on the come up, Salvador Perez should be taking reps at first base if they think his bat's that good, right? Um, you know, just just things like that. I think I think those are things that teams have to like think about eventually. Uh, so we'll, you know, we'll see if any of those guys do transition to first base. But I mean, look. I, I'm okay with this list, right? I think I think next year we're talking about Tristan Costas in top five. You know, Rob mentioned those young guys who just haven't been able to do it. I, I think it's really hard to take college production and bring it over to the MLB and say, "Oh, hey, you're gonna have the same kind of impact," right? Even Christian Walker. Christian Walker, he's a he's a guy who had a super late start when it came to him being ultimately productive. Um, yeah, but Spencer Tolkerson has probably been one of the worst first picks. We've seen in a while. Andrew Vaughn has not gotten better what whatsoever, right? Um, and he, he was a guy I love personally, uh, so that one hurts. But yeah, we will we will catch you guys next time. By the way, just a little sneak preview: we're doing middle infield. We're going second base and shortstop. 
that'll be interesting because you know Volpe at number one is going to be something that we're going to have to we're going to have to fight about. But anyway, man, nah, we'll catch why, you guys there. We have to fight. <laughs> I agree. Why do we have to fight? Uh, n- number one of the second top ten. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He can fight for that spot. <laughs> nah, there you go, man. All right, well, we, we will catch you guys later. Enjoy, enjoy your week.